Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to another edition of Stand Up For The Truth. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Very important topic, and actually topics today. We've got a Pastor's Perspective podcast. Say that fast three times. Pastor's Perspective podcast. Um, but let's go to the Lord in prayer as we always do. Father in heaven, thank you that we have another day. Um, some people didn't wake up today. And um, Lord, we just thank you for giving us another opportunity to live, to be examples for you, to be light in the darkness. We recognize, Father, that you are sovereign over all things, over all people, events, times, places, and even uh, you know the number of our days. And we praise you for that. And every believer in Christ has a purpose in you. Uh, We thank you for giving us a reason to live. Uh, We recognize also there is opposition when we want to live for you, and we pray for strength in Jesus' name. We know our struggle is not against flesh and blood, and uh, we know, Lord, that you also give us the full armor of God. And so I pray, Lord, that you would encourage each person that's listening right now to do what they need to do to to, uh, put on that armor, to be aware, give them wisdom, Lord, uh, about their role in their family, in their community, Uh, in our culture, and Lord, help us all be better uh, equipped to do the work that you've called us to do one day at a time. And Father, what we often pray, uh, it is hit home again, Uh, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We love you. We commit this day to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a lot of us uh, were not shocked, but... um, I get, what is the word? Maybe not even surprised, but when, when someone dies, someone that you know dies. In this case, uh, we're talking about Kobe Bryant. Um, he died, and he was in a helicopter crash in Southern California, uh, 41 years old. When someone that is that famous dies, it gives us, as believers, an opportunity to talk about the gospel, to talk about things that really matters. So joining us today, Pastor Jeff Sowald from Calvary Chapel, Madison, Wisconsin, to talk about these things and give us a pastor's perspective. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, thanks for joining us today. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we were planning on talking about um, spiritual disciplines and how we can just, you know, strengthen our foundations of faith. We will do that, God willing, in the next segment. But it's with the breaking news yesterday. It's, it's. I think it's very important to encourage people who are maybe um, a lot of people are saddened when it's not like a family member, but yet when it's someone famous that you know that dies, I think you go through a lot of different emotions. And I would ju- just love to get your overall take on what uh, the news was yesterday and Kobe, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, and uh, I think six others were uh, killed in a helicopter crash. Yeah, um, it, it definitely makes everything else stop. Everything else that everyone is all concerned with. It's amazing how, you know, the impeachment trial, some thing going on in Iran, all of that all instantly stops because, mm. you know, the finality of of our life here on earth is brought front and center once again. And, you know, you wonder sometimes the Lord just allows things to wake people up. You know, the in Ecclesiastes, he says in chapter 7, better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to heart. You know, that is... Uh, people, you know, they... they regret funerals grieving and it is a grievous thing and all of that but that is where you know reality just strikes everybody and you got to deal with it and when um you know how many other people 
passed away that day, how many other tragedies took place all around the world. I read a statistic once. I think every, two, two people every second wow. are dying in this world. And so wow. as fast as you can click your finger, you know, so there was on a smaller scale how many, you know, just grieving families like Kobe Bryant's family and all yes. of that. He just... Someone like that brings it to the forefront, you know, and makes you deal with it. Yes, let's talk about that because the statistics say approximately uh, 150,000 people die every 24 hours, every day, 150,000. And um, we know, I mean, I've heard someone once said, Pastor Jeff, that uh, 10 out of 10 people die. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, ten it's out of ten statistics. Yeah, you ten know, out of ten human put beings. Put your money on it. <laughs> yeah, but but here's the thing yeah. we need to address, and I, and I do want to talk about what you uh, did over the last several days in uh, a memorial service. And by the way, I read Ecclesiastes chapter seven this morning because when I've spoken right. at funerals or memorial services, that is one of the go-to scriptures because death is for us. The person that mm-hmm. died, they either made their peace with God already or they did not. Death is a reminder for the rest of us. That's why it says it's better to go to a funeral than a party. It's better to go into a house of mourning than a house of feasting. But the people that are famous, when we, we look at these Hollywood stars or maybe sports you know, athletes, whatever it might be, someone famous, world famous, um, many of us have what has been termed the invincibility complex. Despite the fact that we know how fragile and fleeting life is, there's kind of this subconscious block that uh, prevents us from facing reality that those people can die too. And so when a famous person dies, I think it hits home in a different way. But um, Pastor Jeff, you were at a memorial service and with, uh, just a brother that was just so, he had a heart for evangelism. He was just such a godly man, Dan Byer. Um, he went home to be with the Lord last week. And you were uh, doing his memorial service in the last couple of days. I would love for you to share about that and the difference in doing a service like that when it's Christians and you know it's not a, a place of deep mourning and wailing and grief. Like we do not grieve as those who have no hope. I would love for you to share a little bit about that memorial service. Yeah, I actually had the privilege of being one of the speakers. They asked me to speak as Dan you know, was such a, a, you know, one of these members of the body of Christ that could walk into several different congregations and he was part of it, you know, Mm, he didn't just attend, he was, he was part of the body Mm -hmm. always. And, you know, the thing about Dan and if anyone uh, knows him, if you didn't know him, Dan's story, you know, is really a remarkable story of redemption because, Mm -hmm. You know, what we know, what I know of Dan, you know, I mean, I don't know how long you guys know known him, but I only knew him, you know, for a few years, but knew him really well because he, he plugged right in and we did some ministry stuff together. But what we know of Dan as this incredible evangelist who would, mm. uh, he lived and breathed evangelism. Yes. That was only 10 years of his life. And, you know, the the tragic years, you know, of where Dan ended up in jail and all this stuff and mm. all of that that brought him to have such a fire for the Lord. You know, I think, you know, at least for me, you know, seeing uh, the the reality of redemption like that. Mm. is is what's so stark in a memorial service. I mean, Dan, he, yeah, I mean, he was on fire for the Lord, and yet, you know, you have this other side of a person who was completely dead in their trespasses and sins and a total ash heap, and God brought them to life and and set, you know, our brother literally on a soapbox in front exactly. of, you know, stadiums where he just unashamedly... <laughs> just called out the gospel and you know i've done funerals and sure you guys as well have attended where you know what you're wondering okay when did this person get saved were they saved that kind of thing i don't know i don't know somebody's heart but it's kind of a a foggy kind of thing but with a guy like dan Bayer, there's no question and it's like the apostle paul you know (laughs) the that transformation is just what rocks so many people is that did you hear what 
Dan Byer? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> the guy I went to high school with is out there just yelling to people, you got to have what I have, and not in an abrasive way, but in mm. a passion that was so that, you know, I just drew people, you know, to the Lord and to what he was doing. So it was a real privilege. And, and it was, you know, I mean, the the people there, it's one of those situations where you walk in and I don't know a lot of the people, I, you know, I hardly knew any of them, but I did know them, you know, as brothers and sisters instantly. And we're all there singing these hymns and praises, you know, a lot of people who listen to Q90, which I, I haven't been up to Green Bay. That was my first time I saw Lambeau Field and everything. Wow. But <laughs> it was such a blessing. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it was a blessing to come and just be part of the body there, which was great. Well, Pastor Jeff, this is a good reminder for us, I think, um, just to, as Ephesians chapter 5 says, to redeem the time. Uh, it says, yes. be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are of evil. And um, it, it's, it's good to hear that about Dan. He, he was human. Uh, he did, did have a time where before Christ, he was a different person. And of course, yeah. when we come to Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, we are new creations. The old has gone, the new has come. And what we will, God willing, get into in the next segment is how we develop in that process of sanctification, because that is a work. That is an ongoing work of God, right? We are justified immediately, but then there's work to do in our Christian lives. And um, a question I will ask you is, is some people grow faster than others. Some people mature faster. Some people seem to want it more. Dan Byron is an example of, and I don't want to idolize him or put him up on a pedestal, yeah. but he was a solid brother who really, I mean, he, he wanted to go out there and just share the gospel. That was his heart. He was part of these sports outreaches, and he would travel down where there was a championship playoff game or they have guys going down to the Super Bowl every year, and they get out in the big parking lots, and they stand on their little boxes and mm -hmm. preach the gospel. And some of us yeah. go, wow, what a gift. But yet, Pastor Jeff, we are all um, commissioned by Jesus to share the gospel, aren't we? Yes, we are, and that is, uh, that's the whole purpose for leaving us here on earth once we get saved. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you're talking about Kobe Bryant and celebrities when they, you know, pass away, and oh, it's such, it, it is a tragedy, man. I mean, no one wants to downplay that whatsoever. Mm. But, you know, it, it, there's such a difference when you go to a memorial service, and I've done plenty of them, where you know this person was living full on for the Lord, that they left this earth with a big smile on their face, and as hard as it is, I mean, Paul says we don't grieve like the world grieves. The world grieves because, you know, there's such a finality there. But for the believer, you know, I'm living for the, my home in heaven. I don't, my home is no longer on this earth, you know, and I, I don't have an, an earthly heritage. My heritage is now up ahead of me, the book of Hebrews says. I'm heading to that. I don't look back in all the, the glory days. My glory days are up ahead of me. <laughs> Can't wait to experience them. But when you know that, and unbelievers, they look at you kind of strange, like, you know, you kind of look forward to dying, man. <laughs> well, going to Jesus, and this is what I shared at Dan's memorial, you know, Jesus said to Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. And whoever, you know, uh, believes in me it will you know live forever and and that is the that is the reality that comes with getting born again and saved that how do you explain that to someone who is still dead in their trespasses and sins you mm. can't and they can't understand it but there's an excitement that awaits as, as tough as it is to make the transition mm. you have such a uh, you know uh, a spirit, the Holy Spirit, bearing witness with your spirit that, man, we're God's children, and he's got us here for a reason, and I yes. want to fulfill that purpose while I'm here so that whenever he, he deems I'm ne necessary to come home, you know, I'm coming home and having done what he told me to do. Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Um, 
We're speaking with Jeff Sowald of Calvary Chapel, Madison, Wisconsin, getting a pastor's perspective on eternity, on life and death. And Jeff, some people, even Christians sometimes, if we're not careful, when bad things happen, our interpretation, I should say, of bad things, when death, someone dies, uh, some, uh, and injustice, things that happen to us or to someone we love, we can get angry at God. And he can take it, by the way. God's a big God. But sometimes that anger can turn to bitterness if it's directed at him because we know he's sovereign. Could you talk about that and just encourage people who maybe are feeling in their hearts they're mad about the injustice in the world and maybe something recently hit close to home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very unjust world, unfortunately. But we can't blame God for that. We have brought it upon ourselves and still do continue to do so. That is the result of sin. And um, as I shared with these men last night, and I want to just give a shout out to the brothers at uh, Red Granite Correctional Institute. They can pick up the station. A bunch of them listen, and we're going to listen today. Hi, guys. It was a blessing to be there with you last night. But uh, it was a blessing that they let me out, too, and that was good. But, um, (laughs) you know, as I shared with them, all this world is is a threshing floor. This is is where the Lord is separating the wheat from the chaff. And and you can't forget that as a believer, you come to that realization. I'm not looking for justice in this world. God says, you know, it's an unjust world. Mm -hmm. You may get it. You may not get it. But there is a kingdom coming. There is a day coming when there will be perfect justice and there will be perfect peace. And uh, our enemy, Satan, he wants people to focus on this world, this world alone. But all it is is, you know, where the Lord is asking people, do you want to enter in to a kingdom where there is perfect justice? where there is peace, where there is joy. You know, you read the descriptions of the kingdom of God and the and the coming kingdom age that our Lord is going to reign over here on the earth that the Bible talks about, much of which is described in the Old Testament. You know, so often people's uh, perception of that is all about what it's going to look like and oh it's going to be this beautiful paradise and all these things and and that is true i mean wherever god is it's going to be beautiful but the attributes that are held up throughout the dis- the descriptions of uh, the kingdom age are always the justice and the righteousness and the peace that is going to be there and the more you grow just you know fed up with the injustice in this world and with the you know the unrighteousness the more you look forward to that and so i would encourage people don't don't be looking for justice and righteousness in this world in this world system because you're going to be waiting a long time don't grow bitter with it just set your eyes on the lord and know it. he's not the author of that mm-hmm. He is just allowing a time for there to be free will that people can choose do you want to enter into his glory or not. He is a just judge and a faithful father and creator. Um, I do want, I think after we take a break, we're going to talk a little bit more about Kobe Bryant and people's reaction and responses to his uh, tragic death yesterday, because there are a couple more points I think we really need to talk about before we move on to spiritual disciplines and growing in the faith. Um, When we come back with Pastor Jeff Sowald, Calvary Chapel, Madison, more on cultivating an eternal perspective and building our faith. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today is Pastor Jeff Sowald of Calvary Chapel, Madison, Wisconsin, and we are getting his perspective on, uh, the well, life and death, really, and I, I mean that sincerely, that everyone will live forever. The question is, where will we spend eternity? And the subject of the first uh, segment, really, the the majority of it was cultivating an eternal perspective as Christians and understanding 150,000 people die every 24 hours. So we're talking about Kobe Bryant. Please pray for his family, his wife, and the the kids he left behind and those uh, who are mourning and grieving. And 
Um, of course, Pastor Jeff, you uh, referred to Paul saying, we do not grieve as believers, um, as those who have no hope. But I want to get your take on someone that tweeted this message about Kobe Bryant, and I've seen a lot of people jump on board and do the same thing. There's a picture of a basketball, an NBA basketball, outside someone's back door, just the ball and the door. And it says, if you need a ball for a pickup game in heaven, I left one out for you tonight. R.I.P. Kobe. Rest in peace, Kobe. Um, And Jeff, there's an assumption there that, uh, and I don't know. I don't know. Only God knows Kobe's heart and where he was in, in terms of his faith or not. But there's a dangerous assumption, I think, when we just assume someone's famous or someone we know died, they're going to be in heaven. So how would you caution against this to believers? Uh, you know, I think um, those types of reactions and uh, where people present a scenario that would be real heartwarming is a way that people you know, cope with something, you know, that's kind of their way of getting through a difficult time. They, they have to kind of manufacture a, you know, a good scenario, mm, which yes. it is, which is unfortunate because if you are steeped in the word of God, if you're a believer, which I like you, I don't know Kobe Bryant. I'm not even, I don't really follow basketball. Of course, he's such a a big name celebrity and has been in the news for several things uh, apart from basketball, unfortunately. But, you know, if when you're a believer, you know, you don't fear death any, any longer. It's not this grim reaper. I don't have to manufacture some, you know, something to get me through. You know, I've had people close to myself, people in the congregation who have gone home to be with the Lord. A really close brother right now is is going through chemo and all this stuff. You know, and and you know, it's it's there's such a difference because you're not having to manufacture anything. You're rejoicing. Scripture verses are coming to mind and and the light of the truth you know the uh, the bible says in james chapter 4 verse 14 for what is your life it is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away mm-hmm. and so you know a situation like what has gone on with the famous celebrity dying like this causes people to have to deal with the finality of this life and you better deal with it now because the Bible says in multiple places, it's very brief. And when you're 20, you know, you're thinking, man, it's going to last forever. When you're 30, you start, you know, well, maybe it won't last that long. You know, I'm, I'm going on 60 and, you know, it's I can't believe how quickly it's gone by, <laughs> <know>. man. It's <laughs> amazing. And you tell people, I remember old people telling me that before I got old. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, As you're just old. That's why you think that. No, but that is how it is. And everyone deals with it. But boy, someone 40 years old, gone instantly, that can happen to any person. Yes. You know, and how many people that day, like I said, did that happen to who weren't famous celebrities mm-hmm. who you know weren't able to have a heartwarming thing that said about them you just you got to deal with it and that is what this life is it is you're born you know to die and you need to tell people hey, thanks a lot you know that made my day <laughs> but, you know whether you want reality or yes. you want some sugar coated you know kind of you know basketball on a porch and yeah. this is, everything's all nice uh-huh. you know you can take that but you know, that's going to go away. And I hate to tell you, a week from now, that whole scene is going to be gone and the world's going to move on and there's going to be other famous people dying. And like everyone else, you know, the, the big event is going to come and go. And just like a vapor and a, and a flower fading, the Bible says. And I'm glad you brought up James 4 because I want to read another quote and then we'll move on to how we can make sure we are building our faith on the right things and having that eternal perspective. Um, I like the fact it, it says, uh, 
if the Lord wills, <laughs> this is what we should say, God willing, we'll be here mm-hmm. tomorrow. God willing, yes. we will go and do this uh, ministry or do this business or go to work. And so it's teaching to have a, a daily perspective of living in the moment, in our purpose, in God. Um, my sister and brother-in-law, they were 24 years old. They died in, a, in an accident. They were uh, killed. Uh, they were riding a motorbike, and they were killed by a guy who was high on pot and um, 24 years old. Um, my dad uh, worked all his life, uh, career and education, 62 years old. The year he was going to retire, him and my mom had planned a trip to Europe, he never got to do it because he got mm-hmm. cancer. So, yeah, it, 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 every day there are people who are not famous who are having grieving families. And if you're a Christian, yes. you know people who are, you know, they're celebrating and they can't wait to see their loved ones in heaven in that awesome family reunion. But one more thing before we get on to spiritual disciplines, uh, Pastor Jeff, um, I read this from Tim Chafee over at Answers in Genesis. Great perspective. And he also referred to James 4. He said this, and I would love to get your take on this. It's quite quite a lengthy quote. Saddened by the news about Kobe Bryant and his daughter and others dying in a helicopter crash, as a longtime basketball fan and Lakers fan, he was one of my favorite players to watch. This is a tragic reminder of just how fleeting life can be. James 4.14 compares life to a vapor. It's here for a little while and then vanishes. We are not promised tomorrow, so make sure you are ready to meet your Creator. He has already made the way for you to know him. Jesus came into our world, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died for our sins on the cross, and then rose from the dead three days later. Jesus Christ took the punishment for our sins upon himself so that we can be forgiven. You cannot earn his forgiveness or favor by being a good person. It can only be received through faith in what he has already done. Don't wait another day because that day may not come. And if you already do know the Lord, use your time wisely living to honor him and telling the good news to others. That's Tim Chafee. Pastor Jeff Sowald, I'd love to get your response to that. That's a great uh, communication of what the truth is of the gospel. And I think, you know, that's a, a misconception that a lot of people have. We been going through the uh, spiritual warfare and the armor of God on Sunday mornings, and yesterday just happened to be dealing with the issue of salvation itself. And I was sharing from Mark 10 where, you know, this rich man comes running out and falls before Jesus, you know, good teacher, you know, what good things shall I do to inherit eternal life? And before moving on to anything, Jesus deals with the issue of, you know, well, let's define good first, Mm. because that's (laughs) that's where it starts. You know, you're throwing this word around good, you know, let's define that. Because Mm. as I shared yesterday, when it's my, you know, version of good, when I'm when I'm setting the standard for good, I'm always in the good category. And, you know, I'm always finding other people that are worse than me, and it's easy to do because there's always people bad. And, and you know, I can, if they're worse than me, that makes me good. But the what the Bible teaches is that there's none good. And, and that, before you move on to anything with the issue of salvation, that has got to be the number one realization that... You know, Jesus said, I didn't come to the world. The Father didn't send the Son into the world to condemn the world. He said, but he came to this world to save the world. The world's condemned. The world is not good. Every person in this world, apart from Jesus Christ, is condemned. And again, people don't like to hear that. But what what else is there to tell them? If if salvation and heaven and hell are real and true, then that's really all that matters. That's all that it comes down to. And I think that's in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 8, as we spoke of earlier. That's what Solomon himself, the man who had all the wisdom, was gifted by God with wisdom, mm. came right down and said, you know, the best thing you can do is go into the house of mourning because the house of feasting and mirth it's all fake. Mm. It's 
where you know you go in the bar that's not reality that's people trying to be something they're not trying to be popular you go into the office that's people trying to excel and be the best worker they can for the bosses everything in life is a fabrication trying to be something you're not you go into a funeral and i've done many of them and i just share with people one day this is going to be you laying here and mm -hmm. all the stuff that you claim to do and be and everything else isn't going to matter what's going to matter is where do you stand with god through a relationship with jesus christ and if you don't you know like that version then prove it wrong because so many people have tried and there are plenty of alternate versions but you know at least use your time here wisely and find out you know if if what the bible says is true or not oh my goodness pastor jeff you brought up another uh, another problem a lot of people have and that is with uh, works with being seeing themselves as good and um i just don't want to get into detail about this because we need to uh, address the issue thoroughly in another program. But um, Aaron Rodgers has come out, the Green Bay Packers quarterback, with some unfortunate uh, comments and bad interpretations of, of the Bible and his view of God. And um, it, it's, it was very disappointing to hear that. But my concern is, because uh, the idea of goodness comes up, and he asked the question, and I believe he's coming from a point of skepticism not at all from a point of searching or seeking because he's he's very intelligent he has a lot of you know history and with uh, growing up uh, in a certain uh, family and then going off and meeting all kinds of people he said meeting people of other religions like the Dalai Lama and talking to people of other faiths he said what kind of sensitive loving um, omnipotent God would send most of his creation to a fiery hell for eternity I would just love for you to respond to that question, Pastor Jeff. Well, unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know where he gets his information. He, some of the quotes he claims are coming from the Bible are completely misconstrued and out of context, yes. which is, is unfortunate. Somebody mm -hmm. using a, a platform like that, you know, mm -hmm. he should just say, I don't know, and who cares what I say, you know, because who cares what, you know. But Aaron Rodgers, like Kobe Bryant, a lot of people do care what they say, mm -hmm. and they're going to take what they say as, well, I never read the Bible. Obviously, he knows he's a big celebrity, and he's famous, and he's got lots of money. But, you know, unfortunately, the thing that he uh, is misrepresenting God, God didn't uh, create hell to throw people into. <laughs> he didn't. People choose to go there. And, you know, the, the thing that the Bible says in Ephesians is that people are dead in their trespasses and sins. And the people in hell are still dead in their trespasses and sins. They've never known what real life is. Until you're born again, you, all of a sudden you experience life as God intended what real life is for the very first time. And so the fact that... You know, people dead in their trespasses and sins who don't want to be with God. I, You know, I shared with some men last night. I said, you know, if you don't like worshiping the Lord, you'd hate heaven because that's all they do there, man. I hate to tell you. It's all about God and it's all about worshiping him. And so you wouldn't want to go there anyway. Heaven would be your hell. And to me, not being able to worship God would be hell. God doesn't send people there. They just say, I want nothing to do with you, God. And they don't understand because they're dead in their trespasses and sins. It's actually quite merciful mm. that those who live apart from God for all eternity have never even known what life is. You brothers know as well as I do. When you get born again, when your eyes are open for the very first time, you realize, man, I was dead. I didn't know what real life even was. And these people who, you know, talk about things they don't understand, who choose to live apart from God for all eternity, they'll never even know what life is in the first place. Mm. And that's actually quite merciful <laughs> Yes. when you realize that, that, you know, God's not sending anyone anywhere that they don't want to go, then they don't, you know, are demanding to go there. 
and says, fine, you can go there. You'll never know, you know, what real life is. I just, I just got back a week and a half ago from the Amazon jungle, going out and taking Bibles and going out into some pretty remote areas where you see the most incredible beauty and animals and things that you could never even imagine just scratching the surface and yet this is somewhere where people don't even live and you realize god just did this because this is how creative he is this is what he can do and that is simply a foretaste of what awaits where he is if people don't want to be there he's not going to twist their arms and force them yes a, a good response pastor jeff i've heard someone uh, say that god will not force you to be in his presence forever against your will. He will not force right. someone to be with him. Because what kind of loving God would do that? Because yes. if you're thinking we should all, everyone should be saved, you're thinking about universalism or whatever it might be, whatever angle you take, why would God force someone? That's not, that's not a God I would want to serve. So God doesn't, but he provided the way. And Jesus sacrificed himself. That's how much God loves us. And it says, that, I mean, the... The mo- when someone like that, someone famous or someone speaks out about who, who, in their mind, who God is or what he's doing, they've made an image, uh, an idol in their own mind. They've, they've made a God in their own image, I should say. And to say that, that God does not love us, I mean, John 3.16, my goodness. But um, anyway, we, we, we are going to move on when we come back from our break because we want to talk about uh, spiritual disciplines. We need to get in the Word of God, so we need to n- know how to respond to some of these skeptics and some of the mockers that uh, Peter writes about. Mockers will come, and I think Jude mentions it too. We know people are skeptical. We know people, they will mock God, and that is already here. We're in that environment, so how can we... If if we set New Year's resolutions to read the Bible, to study more, to build our faith, or whatever it might be, we're going to talk about spiritual disciplines and how it's not too late. We're still in January of 2020. We need to get back to that place and make the Bible our foundation. And we'll talk about uh, with that uh, Pastor Jeff Sold of Calvary Chapel, Madison. We'll give you a lot of good information on how to do that next. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. You can tune in to hear Pastor Jeff Sowald every morning, weekday mornings, 5 a.m. with Upward Call right here on Q90FM.com. Uh, Pastor Jeff, uh, there's a lot of things we need to do in this life, and one of them as Christians is to make sure that we are grounded in the Word of God, Second Peter 3.18 says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. And then, of course, we need to pray for wisdom and how to apply uh, what we know. So let's talk about spiritual disciplines and encourage those who are listening. Maybe some people who have gotten busy and kind of given way to busyness and distractions instead of the resolutions they set to maybe read through the Bible in a year, maybe study Scripture, maybe go to attend a Bible study during the week. You said last year, and I, st- I did this, you said um, you were able to read through the Bible, and I think three or four months by reading one hour a day. Did, is, is that right? Yeah, I, I read through the Bible about every two months, sometimes a little less, it just through reading it, you know, um, Sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's two hours, depending on how much time I have. But over the years, having you know disciplined myself mm-hmm. in the Word of God, it's become, it's not a chore. It is, it, and Jesus taught this in the Upper Room Discourse, you know, and I'm paraphrasing how he said that, you know, the, uh, you will come to him and the Father will love you. And, and in the Greek language, it's talking about he will draw you to himself with bands of love. It's very descriptive. But that, I mean, he's not going to, again, force anyone. But the more I come to him, Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. We will come to you. We will make our home with you. But I have to be there waiting for him. And when I do, and when I'm, you know, reading his word, and I, as a pastor of over 20 years now, you know, I could do a lot of counseling. And that's it, the first thing, you know, I ask people when they're coming in and their whole, everything's a disaster, falling apart, whatever, you know, where did you read in your Bible today? Inevitably, well, I didn't. Mm. Where did you read this week? Well, I have, I'm really busy and doing all these things. It's, it's inevitable. And 
and you know it's I, I feel bad because I have to tell them, well, I don't know what you're looking for from me. <laughs> you know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a <laughs> medical doctor. I'm a pastor. You're sitting here because those other things didn't work. Mm. Unless you are reading this Bible over and over and falling in love with it, which it's not hard to do. It's an, an amazing book. You know, the, I think people, you know, they, a lot of people, what I find, they start in Genesis and start reading. And, man, it's, it's exciting by the time they get Exodus. You know, that's that's really a cool beginning. But all of a sudden, they're in a law book. And by the time they get to Leviticus, they put it down and say, I do not get this whatsoever. <laughs> and and all of a sudden, you know, their taste for it. Uh, uh, wanes and they kind of don't understand which you know shouldn't be the reason but the bible wasn't written in all these various literary forms for no reason Mm. god understands that you know we he created us in his image you know he understands you know we we like diversity we like to see things different point of view it's all pointing to jesus ultimately but there is a law book, which is very important because mm-hmm. our salvation is based upon a legal precedent. It's not just based on philosophy or on, you know, my feelings or what some celebrity says. Salvation is based on a, it's got a completely legal basis. And that's why being saved, the the theological term is justification. It's a, it's a legal term. You have been justified, declared legally just by or legally righteous before God through what Christ has done and as you read the Bible you understand that it's it's not just a, you know a whim or something like that but then you read the history books and you see how that worked out in, in actual people's lives long narratives of of stories very very easy to read then there's poetry books in it and it brings aspects of theology alive then you read prophecy and you see how god he knows the end from the beginning and proves it through his word the gospels you know the the, just kind of like biographies of jesus but telling his story letting him tell his story and then epistles really describing what has taken place but if people read a portion from each, mm-hmm. you know, if they will just and not just try and slog through a law book, but, you know, okay, <laughs> if that's hard, read a chapter, but then get into First Samuel, read books that really captivate your attention. And then, you know, read Psalms, read Proverbs, get into prophecy, understand what you're reading and and. If you will do that, you'll find that the Holy Spirit is the one who will begin teaching you. And there's no greater joy in this world. I think of Psalm 119, which um, is a wonderful psalm on the Word of God. Um, Mm -hmm. But what would you say, because I I took your challenge last year when we talked to you, I started reading, and I found it was harder and harder to put in an hour a day. But then I thought, you know what, I've got to do this. I mean, I talk about it on the radio. I've got to do this. But I really uh, enjoyed just that time getting through and refreshing my mind because I've read through the Bible before, but to spend that much time in it really, I believe, helped me. Um, but for some people that might say, I just don't have that kind of time, I, would your response be, well, we make time for the things that we love? Yes, I would, you know, write it out and see how much time you spend on Facebook or on watching movies and what are your priorities then at that point. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I just, I, I was in Peru and, you know, we've been going, that's my seventh time going to the jungle. And, and it is, I love going there just for the fact that there is no electricity, let alone internet or a cell phone or anything. Mm. And you go out and you go to villages where you got to take boats for hours to get there. And wow. these people, oh, they're just remote. And, and the Christians in the towns, we, we bring them Bibles and stuff. We've done outreaches, medical outreaches. They have church every night, man. They do not have electricity, but they'll meet in this building with, you know, oil lamps. The pastor's got a Bible open with a flashlight. They're singing the Lord to the Lord. It's it's not a big 
performance. It's not a Hillsong thing or anything, but <laughs> they are very, you know, that's all they do. You know, they're like, because I, I said, so I'll get to some village. So do you guys have a midweek study? They look at me like, what are you talking about? We're Christians. We meet every night, man. We yeah, meet every day. That's funny. And, it, you know, you go through places like that and you realize how shallow our culture is, unfortunately, yes. and our Christianity in our country is so shallow. I mean, there was a church in town at a big uh, thing, you know, the um, read through the Bible in a year challenge. What that means is I dare you to read the Bible. You know, it's what there's like, it's, it, they're projecting this idea that we know you don't want to, you know, you don't like the Bible, but we dare you to read it. That should not be it. The pastor should be leading the way, you know, and should be the one who is on fire for the word himself and and leading the people in that. And when he is, which there are a lot of churches like that, you know, but many aren't. Many, they don't even read from the Bible. And so what are they getting from the pulpit? What are they getting from the leadership? Is the leadership in the church, you know, immersed in the word? Because, you know, the people you know, are going to follow who the Lord is is put there. And in the last days, as we know, people will heap to themselves teachers. They're not going to endure sound doctrine. And they're going to heap teachers to, it's going to tickle their ears. And we see that everywhere we look, unfortunately, a lot of places. Too many topical, positive messages that some might uh, call cotton candy Christianity. Mm-hmm. But uh, Pastor Jeff, you described or you referred to Ephesians chapter 4, and how one of the roles of the pastor-teacher is to equip the saints, not just teach them the Word of God, but equip the saints for ministry. And the, the reason we're not seeing a lot of ministry in our culture, in our country today, is very hostile toward Christianity, is the fact that we've been operating in this Americanized version of Christianity. I, I laughed when you said these people in this remote place, a jungle or whatever, in, in Peru, they're meeting every night. <laughs> is there, a, is there yeah. a, a midweek service? And we go, wow, really? We can't even make a, a Sunday evening or a Wednesday night. We think Sunday morning, an hour, hour and a half is, that's fine, that's enough, but that's not going to do it. I, before we run out of time, I need to get your take on this. A lot of people ask us, um, uh, what would you do if, if uh, at your church if you weren't being taught the Word of God? We think of Romans 15, 4 where it says whatever is written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Some people don't go there. Some people don't talk about Bible prophecy, or maybe they avoid too many Old Testament topics. But, Pastor Jeff, complete this sentence. If your church is not equipping you with a foundation of strong biblical teaching, including Bible prophecy and the Old Testament— I'll let you finish that sentence. Then go to the to a dictionary and look up the word church and see what the definition of a church is. It's not a, it's not an entertainment center. Mm. It's not a, a place to just gather together and network with people. You know, I I tell the congregation continually my prayer is if somebody's at home on a wednesday night and they go honey you don't feel like going to church tonight god please remind them they are the church Mm. they are it's not a place you go it's not a building the church is the bride of jesus christ find a place where you can get fed find a place where they take this seriously because the days we're living in are the days the bible is is written about we are living in such exciting times it's you know no more exciting times than when the first coming of jesus christ more is written for the days we're living in there's so much kobe bryant and the impeachment trial all these things while last week you know, almost, you know, half of the leaders of the world met in Jerusalem for a conference. Uh, there's the deal of the centuries about to be <laughs> unveiled. You know, these things that are, you know, that pertain to Bible prophecy, mm. things going on. But there's this whole charade over here that kept them, captivates people's eyes. Right. It's almost like Satan gets everyone's attention off of what is biblically important. Find a church that they will teach you the truth. And thank you for this program. You know, you stand up for the truth. But, you know, I would 
really encourage people be reading your Bible, find a place where you know you're going to be taught Genesis to Revelation. There Amen. are plenty of them around. Amen. The sword of the Spirit is the Word yes. of God. And Amen. Um, I got questions. I read a, a little article about spiritual disciplines there, and they said uh, the foremost of the disciplines is that involving the Word of God and, and constitutes uh, the reading, study, memorization, meditation of Scripture. And they said if this discipline is neglected, no other effort to discipline ourselves will be successful because there's a lot of things we can do, Pastor Jeff. I mean, study and, and you can silence, solitude, prayer, fasting, gratitude, service, giving to the poor. You can go all down. You can feel guilty about not doing enough, doing enough, doing mm-hmm. works. But it always it comes back to are we reinforcing this habit of being in the Word of God and understanding His character, His nature, and, and the teaching um, of, of Scripture, so we really have to go back there. I know that you uh, teach uh, soundly and thoroughly at your church, and we're thankful for pastors like you that we can have you on and talk about these issues, that, uh, the things that come up that affect our culture, like the death of someone famous like Kobe Bryant. Uh, there will be more um, mm-hmm. and uh, more opportunities to remind people we need to cultivate an eternal perspective because our time is short. Pastor Jeff Solwald, Calvary Chapel, Madison, thank you so much for joining us. Well, God willing, we'll talk to you in the near future, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Thank you. It's a blessing. All right. Uh, we'll wrap up today's show and tell you about the rest of the week when we come back. Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. Man, that hour went by way too fast, <laughs> getting that pastor's perspective in with uh, Jeff Solwald. Uh, tomorrow, Dave Wager's in with Crash. Uh, Wednesday, Walter Hoy, remember we had him on and talked about his work out there, uh, just being a, a voice for life in uh, Southern California. And also, Tony Garule will be back with us Thursday with Radical Truth. And uh, also, Laura Perry, former transgender Uh, She'll be on with us on Friday. So uh, a big week, uh, some good guests. Again, thank you so much for listening. And please remember to share our podcast on social media. It really helps other people see and hear uh, what we're doing here about the program. So God bless you guys. Uh, We appreciate you. God bless and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. We'll talk to you next time.